there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. I'm very excited for today's show. We have a player who, um, he had one of the greatest mustaches in the history of the NHL. There you go. He had a cool nickname, though. He was not, he didn't play small, but he had a nickname, Pee Wee. He played for two folded franchises and scored 60 goals in a season. Today we have Dennis Marouk. Dennis Marouk, how are you doing, brother? Good to see you. Good morning, guys. All good? Yeah. Good. Yes, we we never met each other. I don't think we played against each other. You were a tough son of a gun out there, too. I hated you. I know. You chased me around the right (laughs) hip. I that way with you. Yeah. Did he cross-check you, Dennis? Oh, yeah. We cross-checked everybody, yeah. Yeah. So so where are you right now? I'm living in London, Ontario. Yeah. Recently got married in the past June to a lovely niece, so uh, I was in Toronto. I moved back to Canada in 2008 in Toronto. I've been spent a lot of time in London, so I ended up uh, moving here a few years ago. Very good. Where were you? You were in the States before? You moved back? 35 years, yeah. Oh, well, where were you? Well, <laughs> I was in uh, mainly Minneapolis 14 years. That's where my kids and my grandkids are. Uh, and also in Aspen, Colorado, Louisiana. Uh, yeah, uh, Vegas. So yeah, it's been a, was kind of a, uh, quite, quite a run. Very good. Very good. So where'd you grow up in Toronto? Toronto. I grew up in my, yeah. Well, it's Etobicoke now. It was Rexto. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very good. Yes. Yeah, so I grew up Brampton, not too far away from you. Okay. Yeah. Right. What did your, what'd your father do there? My father was a, a truck driver and, oh. uh, for, for, uh, bread company and all that. And my mother worked at Cooper company, Cooper plant. Oh. Remember the equipment? Oh, okay. She had, oh. yeah, they had a big plant. Uh, she's real good friends with Jack Cooper. Um, oh, uh, so she ended up running the uh, cafeteria in the, the big plant there. Very cool. So you had a hard-working family, right? Yes. Yep. Very cool. So that kind of rubbed off on you? And I, I mean, this is a compliment, too. I mean, you made it on your hard work. I mean, not I mean, you were skilled, but you the hard work, too. Well, I mean, I'm 5'8", five, five, not very big guy. And, and uh, you know, Junior was the same thing. Uh, and I stopped growing at a certain age, and everybody else kept going. But... I just had to play a different close style, even though I could score and produce. And, uh, you know, I was the most valuable player in junior. I was rookie of the year in junior. Um, and then I still didn't get drafted in the first round because they said I was too small. Right. 5'8", and ended up my first year getting drafted, uh, first pick in the second round by California Golden Seals. And I ended up getting 30 goals that first year. Wow. Wow. Where'd you play your junior hockey? London Knights. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I was, I was traded there uh, for Mark Howe. Mark Mark Howe was uh, drafted by London Knights at mid to age. And Marty Howe had already been playing for the Toronto Marlies. Uh, 
And I was playing for Marco Waxer, junior B team. Uh, that, that was the Marley chain. And uh, the Howes wanted the boys on the same team. So London and Toronto had to make a trade. And uh, they first offered Bruce Bujo, but uh, Bill Long, the GM at the time, uh, wanted me. And so they ended up sending me. And Larry, I don't remember Larry Goodenough. Is he good enough? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I both went there from Toronto. Well, uh, it's funny because uh, I almost got traded for Mark Howe, too. Larry Plo was uh, in Hartford at the time. They had Mark Howe. And he, was, he right. told me later on that he was going to trade Mark Howe for me. And he would have. He's just, that would have been a bad trade. We would have never been to JM again if we'd done that one. Yeah. Lynch, they would have lynched her if they did that. <laughs> um, so you went to California Seals. Uh, how long did you stay there? One year. One year. And they moved the team to Cleveland. Oh, okay. Even though that's a mistake on the lake, uh, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, uh, the Richfield Coliseum, where we played there two years. Uh, uh, it was kind of a, a tough, tough goal for hockey there. We didn't get paid for a month. Uh, they were going to hold. Uh, we were going to go on dispersal draft the second year, all that kind of stuff. And then, then, and then after that, they ended up, uh, uh, Alan Eagles said at the time, uh, and the league took care of our insurance. So we had to play the rest of, uh, rest of the season. And then they merged with Minnesota North stars. Oh, that's right. At the end of the season. And I got traded. Uh, and then, uh, at that time, uh, I got traded to Washington Capitals, played five years there and traded back to Minnesota uh in 83 and played six years there then it does what's that like is that kind of like the movie slap shot where you guys are just waiting to see what the fate of the team is for a year well yeah. well you're talking about cleveland when you're with cleveland right oh, oh yeah yeah i could tell you some good stories we can go all day about that day yeah i was there well no it's kind of interesting because we had the morning skate and our our, our player rep was bob the late bob stewart and no in the morning buffalo was in town and they had to stay because they were told that there may be a game, there may not be. So they had to stay in town. They had the morning skate. So after uh, well, after morning skate, we all our team got together, had our, our pregame lunch. We didn't go to the homes. We went to a place for lunch in Cleveland. And Bob Stewart stood up and says, uh, "Just want to let you guys know that uh, probably by four o'clock, we're we're going to be uh, going a dispersal draft." Oh, so, so we all start having a few pops. <laughs> uh saying our goodbyes and all that kind of stuff and and then we ended up uh getting a phone call at quarter to five saying that we had to play the game if you had a few beers already oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> and then uh we end up uh going playing the game at seven o'clock and uh, buffalo beat us six to two but we played not too bad for guys that were uh, played with guilt oh that's funny that's funny i've heard those stories about some guys back in the day they fish out in la they'd be sitting out by the pool in oh. the game, and they got the beers underneath the chair, having a few beers. A lot of guys I played my first four or five years, they drank daily. Oh, yeah. Was, really? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. That was nothing. Yeah. I said, this is the NFL. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I had no problem drinking the night before, which I shouldn't have done that. But that no, 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 no. day of the game would be different, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's got to be so strange, though. Like, you don't know if you're going to even have a team or a game or, you know, if you're going to get folded into another team. That's just... Yeah, so it's, it was really a frustrating time at that time because we didn't get paid for a month too. Right. Finally did get paid. And then, then all of a sudden, boom, they say, well, okay, we there's no money, whatever league does want people. So we're going to go, but, uh, they ended up taking care of the rest of the season. But yeah, it was, it was kind of, cause you still knew you were, you're going to go somewhere. And then you got put two teams together. You, you can only put one team on the ice. So guys were traded, guys went to other teams and all that. So it really got mixed up there. So how many years were you in Washington? I played 83, uh, 78 to 83. Oh, okay. Good. Well, so Dennis, why did things click for you so well in Washington? Cause you had those, that 50 goal season, then the 60 goal season the next year. What, what went right? 
I guess it, I think really always goes back to my first year in uh, House Lake Hockey uh, in Pine Point Arena in Toronto. I was a leading scorer in House Lake Hockey. Um, and it just kind of, it just, everything kind of clicked. Every year I was up in the scoring. I was up in the scoring. And, and then I got into the Marley chain, you know, where they got really good hockey player. Uh, uh, top, you would know in Toronto, they uh, go around town and pick the better players. Uh, and all that, so you got playing with better players. It just kept going, and then, and then in junior, you know, that was that was a tough thing because I had to leave Toronto, uh, and I just said, well, if I wanted to play hockey, I better put my, you know, work a little harder and all that kind of stuff. And I ended up have three or five real good years in junior and uh, scoring wise, and then uh, and then to being drafted by California and started right there from thirty. Uh, when I got to Washington. Uh, I had my my uh, my my line mates that one year I got fifty goals and Tommy as uh, Jean Pronovo. Oh yeah, Bob DeHound Kelly from Philadelphia. Oh wow, that was my line that I got fifty. I was the young centerman, and then, uh, and then that next year Brian Murray, lately Brian Murray, put Brian Walter, myself and Chris Valentine together. Oh yeah, that's where we stayed together all year. And you know what that's like when you got a line together that you don't. You don't want to separate them because things are going good, even if they go five, six games without scoring. They're still gonna, they're still gonna bounce back and score. So that's what happened. We played together, and Ryan and Chris had their best years. I think Ryan had some like forty goals, and Chris had thirty-five, and I had sixty. But we just were, we just gelled as a line on the power play. Ryan uh, was a tough left winger, but yeah. could move the puck and score and hit and all that. And Chris and I were kind of the playmakers of the line and. Uh, dissing off to one another and make we, we worked a lot in practice on our power play and plays and we tried certain things in the game that we didn't even look and it worked this there's a lot of luck involved but you know to score that many goals and to be in ball with 50 you have to have a lot of help and definitely where uh, your line mates uh, make things work for you you can't do it yourself yeah, you, it's good good teams there in Washington in the early 80s too right was Langway there when you got there or she already traded there that was a good. Uh, that was that big trade where Ryan Walter, Rick Green. Oh, that's right. Went to Montreal. We got Langway, Engelum, Jarvis, and Craig Lachlan. That's right. Yeah, Dennis has been humble too, Tom. He put up 136 points that year. That's insane. Well, thank you, thank you. Uh, and how many of those came against the late block? <laughs> Probably quite a few. I love school. New York, there's no doubt about it. That's yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Oh, you were hard to play against, man. I'll tell you, there's well, when you look down the lineup, you go, "Oh, that little son of a bitch, I got to play against him tonight, man." Well, I I always enjoyed New York because I I didn't sleep day of the games, oh. uh, so I always I always uh, after our pregame meal, I I just took off. I I I told the coach I'd meet you down at the the rink or whatever area if I'm not back at the hotel, but I always always took off. So I really enjoyed New York. I always went downtown or walked around and uh, did my thing and all that and then go to the rink uh, you know sometimes early but that's why i really enjoyed uh playing new york it was just a great atmosphere yeah. so you never took a nap david game oh yeah tom i think you only will be back-to-back games you know where you right. you go out after the first game and you don't get yeah. much sleep uh yeah uh that was the only time i took a, a nap yes right I'm going to talk about that time. Like, why guys take naps? Yeah, it's just, uh, it, uh, Dennis is one of the rare guys that did take a nap. Pretty much everybody else took a nap. That was kind of the ritual. Right? You could have your yeah, three, four hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you, they close all the windows, turn the heat down and everything. So nice cold. The, the, the pregame nap was one of the, like, it's funny now saying it as an adult, but it's one of the things you look forward to was taking a nap at the every game. Take back to coffee. Yeah. When you wake up. But, yeah. But it was part of it was, you know, you're right. So we would go out, you know, <laughs> Like the routine was for us with New York, we would go on the road usually on a Saturday night game. So we'd fly 
sitting in Montreal on Friday night. Right. Uh, the guys would all go up together and have a few beers, have us a routine, get up. We wouldn't stay out too late. We'd get up early, have our breakfast, have a little pregame skate, sweat some beer out of the pregame uh, meal. And then you take that three hour nap and you get up feeling great, right? On Saturday, Saturday for the game. <laughs> and then we'd go home. The funny thing was, so we'd go home uh, after that and have a few beers on the plane home on Saturday night and then have to play it Sunday at home. By the time we got Sunday night, because we've been out Friday night, played the game Saturday, by the time we got to the Sunday game, we were off. The coaches couldn't figure out why we were so bad at Sunday, which is Mondays were off. Sometimes Mondays are off. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And then, as you know, in New York, on Sunday night off, we'd go oh. to some, like, even the bars are great in New York on Sunday night. So, great. Yeah. 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 So, so how many years in Washington again? I'm sorry. I played there 78 uh, to 83. 83. Right. And then where? Back, is that back in Minnesota? I got traded. To, uh, uh, back to Minnesota, played uh, six years there, 83 to 89. Well, very good. Yeah. Did you, you enjoy Minnesota? Did you like it there? Yeah, I, I, you know, it's a great state to raise a family. There's no doubt about it. I think it was a little better than in D.C. But, uh, we had our children to, that were born in, in uh, Maryland. But uh, the, the, the state has a lot to do uh, no, yeah. in Minnesota. They're, um, it's uh, great schooling, um, uh, both public and private. Uh, they've got a lot of outdoor stuff. For, for people it's cold in the winter like Toronto or whatever you know, it gets colder but uh the, there's there's a lot to do but I think the main thing about it, it's a it's a, a very a wealthy state and great state to raise a family yeah, and had some good teams too with the North Stars yeah we did have we couldn't beat the Oilers in the mid 80s there we just had we did sure. that there uh you know, Cicerelli and Broughton Hartsburg Holmgum and all that uh, Maxwell uh, we had we had we had a strong team and 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 we had good scoring and you know, we just we just it just didn't have enough against them. They were so good in the eighties, you know, the Oilers. We we had a one game up four to one and midway through the second period and and in, in the first round in Minneapolis they beat us seven five. Yeah, yeah. both up here. win. But yeah. we down four to one. It's not like we just quit. <laughs> we could right. have a lot more goals, but that's just the way they were. Yeah, Dennis, you get a lot of scraps in your career. I had I had thirteen, I think it was. I I think a lot of guys didn't really want to fight me. Oh yeah. So my structure size. But you know that when I played, I played not only to be a goal scorer and make plays, assist, but I, I hit too. I enjoyed I enjoyed an aggressive part of the game. Yeah. Um if you get the fuck in the corner and I'm coming, I'm gonna hit you. I don't care. Uh how tall you are, how small you are, I'm gonna hit I want that puck. So I did that a lot. That, that year, I had 136 points. I think I had 128 minutes in penalty. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, there's no question. Before the game, you look at the score sheet and you say, okay, I'm going to play against that guy tonight. It's just like, oh, God, he's never going to quit. Right? That's yeah. the way you were. You just knew you were coming all the time. And then I said, Laidlaw's going to cross-check me in front. <laughs> well, I got, that I did, got a lot of that. There wasn't too many games that I went home and my body was a sore. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. But or, you never quit. That's the thing, though, too. That's what part of the problem. Like, sometimes you can cross-check guys and they're going to leave, right? They, they don't want to get cross-checked anymore. I know you didn't want to get cross-checked, but you didn't leave. Right? It's just like, when is this guy going away? Break all my sticks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So who'd you play with in Minnesota? What was your line there most of the time? Well, the, uh, uh, that was kind of interesting because they didn't – I got traded back there. I didn't play a lot. Uh, uh played in the third and fourth line. It was kind of weird. Blue Nanny says, well, we – I, I I loaned you out to Washington. You got great years, and I got you back. And now I'll pay you. I'm, uh, we're gonna play Broughton and all that. And see if he gets injured, we'll play you. So I did really play a lot. In third, uh, played in Minnesota third and fourth line, then a little bit of power play. But I played with Willie Platt, Tony McKegney. Yeah. The time that we I had really good success there was with uh, Kent Nielsen and uh, Brian Bellows. 
Oh, yeah. We had a great line. There was one, one playoff series that I think I ended up getting 15 points. We lost out of St. Louis in a five-game series uh, in overtime. And I, I, ended, I that was our line, and it was just everything was going in working for me. And then nobody caught me until the last round of the series. I was leading all the way up to about, uh, I think that was 84 or something like that. But Kent Nielsen was, you know, he's yeah. about the magic man. He's good, but, yeah. Talk magic man. You talk about guys that uh, who are the greatest players that can do stuff for the puck, and a lot of people would say uh, Datsu, but I put Kit Nielsen right up. Yeah. yeah, that guy was just. Uh, I mean, things he did in practice, he didn't do in the game, but even the game, you know, and and uh, <laughs> it was just uh, he was he was magic man. You were right, right. That's right. And they called Datsu magic man too, didn't they? Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very cool. Yeah. That was good. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you guys, were you there when they played Pittsburgh in the finals as well? Uh, no, 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 I, I was gone. I, I retired in 89. That was, oh, okay. That 91 or 90, 91 or something, but yeah. Yeah. So, so you retired in uh, Minnesota, that was the last place you played? Yeah, I retired in 89, yeah. And then I did some coaching and all that, yeah. So I, retirement because injury just had enough? Well, I shattered my kneecap in 88, uh, blocked a slap, sliding out to block a slap shot. I don't know why I was killing a penalty. Uh, and my shin pads, when I was sliding on the ice, moved. Oh. And went under, and the slap shot slant right in my right in my kneecap. And I shattered, so I had to get that all repaired. And I came back uh, about six, seven months after that, and I just didn't feel, um, it was okay. I, I, I think I needed more time. And I just didn't want to go and do more. I just said, oh, let's give someone else a chance. I have my 14 years. Now I can go on for a couple more years, but let's just end it right there. And that's what happened. That's what I did. Do you regret that decision or are you happy you quit when you did? Uh, well, I got a charity hockey game and not get beat up. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I knew that I knew that I would. I needed to. Yeah, it was frustrating. There's no doubt about it at that time. It isn't because I, feel like, I felt I still had 
some time. I still felt I had the hands and, and all that, but uh, it just wasn't a hundred percent. And I just uh, felt, you know, family and everything. Just let's move on and, and give them some uh, your time in your life that they've missed. And that's what I did. That's like Tom Brady. There you go. Exactly. There you go. Can we can we talk about your amazing mustache? Because Tom tried to pull off that for Manchu. It didn't work for him his rookie year. You rocked it. Uh, living in New York, you kind of hide. Yeah, I know. I was wearing the cowboy hat too. Yeah. No, that mustache. It. Um, I don't know. I have a book. I don't know if you guys have looked in the book or read the book. In the book, I I got a chapter in there about. Uh, the book is the unforgettable story of hockey's forgotten sixty goal man. If you talk about all the sixty goal scorers, uh, unless you know the game, you don't mention my name. Uh, so it's interesting, a real good book. And in there, it's about, about the, the, the Fu Manchu. And when I was, uh, I had, I had a little mustache in junior as well. And then, uh, I'm watching TV one night and, uh, a Kansas city Royals relief pitcher, Al Habrowski, the mad Hungarian, he, the man Hungarian, he go running around that mountain. He had the Fu Manchu. Ooh. I said, that's me. I'm going to, I'm going to wear that. And that's what I did. So Dennis, touch on that. They've forgotten the 60 goal scorer. So you think uh, in hockey circles, when they talk about 60 goal score, scorers, your name doesn't come up. Is that how? Well, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I don't lose any sleep over yeah. it. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of times where my name is, uh, people go, you scored 60 goals? Yeah. Goals, well, who, whippy doo, play for the Cowboys. Sales. You know, uh, I mean, all that, uh, Cleveland Barons, who? Right. Uh, defunct teams, right? So, that's kind of where I think I, I lost a lot of notoriety and all that because of all stuff. And then the lowly Washington Capitals at the time, even though I scored 50, uh, the year I scored 60, that's where I got a little more, more attention. So the first five years was kind of quiet uh, until things are turned around with the 60, but yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of time that I, yeah, my name will not be mentioned and that. And I, we, we put that title in there because we felt that's what it was. That was yeah. I guess I'm in that category too when I think of you, but I do, it's not not that I don't think you're a fantastic career, had a fantastic career. I thought when I look at you more as like the, the physical part of your game, yeah. never quitting. Right. You know, I, I, it's still, I think you were a terrifically impactful player. It's just that it wasn't that the six school score. So I guess that, yeah, kind of. I think maybe what hurts too is that that year you scored 60, Gretzky scored 92. Well, I know. <laughs> Yeah, we myself and Boss we were fighting out for second place. He oh, ended, is that right? He made, ended up with sixty three, and I had sixty. But uh, and then Peter Stats, we were the top four scorers in the league at that time. So, but um, I'm proud. I mean, uh, that to be be involved in that and that that group with the sixty goal scorers, and uh, also that year to be in the top ten in scoring with those great hockey players. So people look at say look at that name Maru. Well, who, who's that? You know. <laughs> Yeah, they see Gretzky, they see Messi, they see uh, Savard, they see Bossy. Yeah. yeah, Dennis. What, Dennis, what was it like when you were about to hit sixty? Were you actively going for it? You, you had to know the number was there, right? Well, was the year before I had fifty, and uh, with the Hound and and Prony at Pronoville, and and I was getting close there, uh, and ended up getting three goals to uh, uh, to get the fifty. And I, I didn't re- don't even remember the game. I had to summon that showman YouTube. And then on the sixty, uh, we knew we were, we were getting closer and closer, and and all that. Uh, and it's just a matter of okay, just keep trying, keep trying, and then uh, boom, a couple goals, and next one three, and then there's a sixty. And I still had three, two or three games left, and I couldn't buy a goal, oh. buy a goal, a goal too. I mean, it was just it's not like they just stopped at sixty. I, I said, oh my God, how come I'm not going to go in now? Okay. Right. Right. That's what it was. Yeah. 
So to go to Minnesota then and be a third or fourth line player after scoring fifty goals and half goals, that had to be kind of that had to kind of piss you off a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, you would say so. Uh, yeah, that was part of. Uh, but you know, you're getting older, and and I had even had a time a chance to go to Europe. Uh, during that time, I had played ten years in the NHL, and I was asked to go to Switzerland, and I just I turned it down. I wanted to play in the NHL, and and I just uh, raised the kids, and Minnesota was tough, uh, you know, to to uh, not play as much was uh, was was okay because we had we had a great bunch of guys, and we had a good team, right. had to be part of a good team. Yeah, I that's true. Felt that we had a good chance, and no matter how much I was gonna play, I was gonna be ready no matter what, and it was. Uh, and that's just uh, the way it was. Yeah. So now your career ends, and what do you do after that? What do I do? Uh, okay, uh, I am, let's see, uh, I got involved with uh, high school hockey in the state of Minnesota. Coached there for about six years. Had a, 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 a kind of a job uh, selling uh, promo item stuff there. And then uh, after six years, I ended up going down coach a minor pro in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Wow. Whipple East Coast, they coach there. For Dennis, can you talk about that a little bit? Because I don't think people associate Louisiana with hockey. How was that experience? <laughs> uh, it was, it was. Uh, you know, I met um, Blaine Stoughton in uh-huh. in Texas, and he was coaching the Austin Ice Bats. Uh, he was owner and uh, coaching too. And uh, we saw him in the 19th of golf, but I, I hey, right? And he goes, he goes, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm in, uh, you know, Minnesota coaching high school hockey. He said, would you be interested in coaching in our league i go what's that and he told me about the western professional hockey league and they had a lot of louisiana teams you know texan teams uh that were involved and shreveport you know all that uh, were there and i just uh went down to uh lake charles and uh and then i went to um el paso el paso i think it was and i just they were offering the same money i just flipped a coin heads lake charles tails el paso and it was uh heads lake charles so did, you, did you really flip a coin? Yeah. yeah this is, oh, okay. cool. Fair or whatever. But if I didn't know anybody, I didn't no. know. I really enjoyed coaching in the, uh, in the NHL or the minors, whatever, and, and I hated it. I had the truth because I got so many so many phone calls from GMs and uh, agents telling me, I guys have gone to power play this and that. And I said, well, your guy's out till four in the morning. He can barely stand up and practice. And you're tell me to put him on a power play. That's all right. Hey, yeah. Come down and be on and see what he can do. So I, I just got... I just got fed up with that and then moved on. And then I ended up going to, uh, uh, you know, I went uh, to Louisiana. I worked there for about six, seven years. I uh, got married there and then ended up going to Aspen, Colorado, uh, working there um, for, for a little bit of time. And then in 2008, I moved back to uh, Canada. Well, very cool. And what are you doing now then for work? You're tired or? What I'm doing right now, as you can see my machine, I would just get, it's called a vac machine. Uh-huh. August 1st, I had a blister on the bottom of my foot and it got infected and got gangrene. Uh, December 11th, they removed my my right toe, big toe, and a baseball-sized flesh under my, under my foot. So this is a vac machine that's on. Um, uh, uh, I don't. Hopefully, we'll be able to do some plastic surgery and um, all that in about two months down the road. Uh, that's what I'm doing right now. Nursing, nursing that. I got a okay. wheelchair. I got uh, a walker. I've got crutches. Uh, but before that, I was doing a lot of charity hockey events. Oh, cool. A lot of charity hockey events. I do that. I do a lot for Easter Seals, Special Olympics, uh, Sick Kids. I also 
do a lot of golf tournaments. I've done that since 2008. So I've been pretty busy. I go out east. I go out west. I've been to New York a few times. Uh, oh. You know, so, uh, you know, that's 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 what I do, really. And I'm, I'm still doing it. But right now, I'm on hold. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I've got, uh, it's been kind of frustrating uh, going through with this. But uh, you know what? We're fighters. We're tough yeah. guys. Uh, yeah. So well, I know that there's a, you know, light at the end there that I'll be back skating and, and uh, back playing golf and uh, coming to New York and playing a golf tournament. There you go. Okay. There you go. Very good. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to get together. You got to make sure you got to make sure you tell me when you come to New York. We'll get together. I'd love to. That'd be great. Where do you when you're in New York to go right in the city? Is that where you go? Uh, yeah, I just talked to that what's that long haired guy. Usually team up with him. Uh, the pretty boy Dugay. Dugay. Oh, Dugay. Oh, do you really? Oh, Dugay. but I do. I've done a, a lot of stuff. I've been over to Europe with Dugs and all that. I've done a lot of events with. Do you hang out with Sarah Palin too, or? Uh, no, I have not because of you know COVID and my right. and my, uh, and my injury that I got. I haven't been able. To, I haven't, we've talked on the phone, but right. we we haven't. Uh, she was here in Toronto, and we missed up. They were at a game here in Toronto, and we m- missed up. Uh, they were. I we were in Toronto, and we had, we were at a dinner date. They had a dinner date, and huh. he was tired. Didn't want to meet up later on. That was it. So I'm sure we will. Yeah. So the big question is, who takes yeah. longer to get ready? Do you think she takes longer to get ready, or no? They probably do. <laughs> right. They, they probably. The good thing is they probably share their hair care products. All right. They don't have to travel. Well, with... well what else? Hair care and the medical products and uh, yeah, you, you name it. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know much about her. He's told me a few things and everything. And uh, uh, we all know. We all know Dukes. Great man. Great guy. And uh, it's funny. Yeah. I really enjoy. I really enjoy being with them and uh, have a lot of fun. Yeah, he is. He is probably not what people perceive him to be, right? No. He's really yeah. a fun guy. I think people have that perception that he's kind of a prima donna. He's a little bit yeah. prima donna. Yeah. But it, when you're with him, where you always have a good time. And I've, I've done a lot. Uh, I know that I think he's just went out to Newfoundland to do an event. Yeah. That I, I would be there too with them, but I can't skate. So unless they put me in as an ambassador coach, I go, right. uh, which I did the other day. So, uh, right now. Do still thinks he can play in the NHL too? We had a charity game in uh, oh. da- Dallas and then one in Long Island. And, no, uh, big, no uh, kidding. Yeah, he wants to. He, Nobody wants to play with him. He never scores. Nobody wants to play with him. Oh, I know. We we play against. Uh, so sometimes we'll have charity games. We'll have the three the alumni guys on one team, three and right. the other. So I tell all the guys on my team, it nothing else happens. We cannot let Dugay score a goal. <laughs> That's it. We just get it. He gets frustrated. He's taking slap shots and everything. Oh, oh I know. I know. <laughs> oh, and then you get, we're all over him. We're all over him. No, I know. <laughs> we're all over him, but we can't score. Oh. <laughs> we played against the Islanders, and uh, they had a lot of younger guys playing, so they went up on us like 8 nothing. And we said, guys, it's an alumni game, for God's sake. Slow down a little. They had guys like uh, Pierre Tergeron skated for like two months, two months to get ready for the alumni game. Oh, you know, it's fun. I mean, that's yeah. what you guys take it a little too serious. I, yeah. it's all fun and that, and it's for charity. We're all winners. No one, no trophy. We're all, and we're, the winners are the, they raise the money and the funds for the, uh, whatever charity it's for. Yeah. So. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We had, and they usually put like the, the hub guys that pay to play the game. So we try to make sure they score some goals and everything. But the Islanders thought, the, the Islanders thought it was game seven of the Stanley Cup final. So I always, I always got my boom box with me and they, oh. they, they love that. Uh, the team that drafts me when I play on, play on, and then I got, I've always bring them something. I got hats and the wickle, those parents hat or caps hat or anything. I always, I always give something away. So I, I'm, I'm blight, I guess, by, by just doing that. 
That's cool. That is very cool. So you've had quite a life, all the things you've done, traveled around the country and North America and everything. Any regrets at all? No, uh, just with this big toe. This what what just happened recently. That's the only regret I have. Uh, uh, just getting married and, and, and having this thing happen uh, really put uh, a damper on uh, my my wife. Uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, uh, she's my, she's my, uh, my rock. She's been taking care of me and all that. Uh, it's really been hard. I finally get to move around a little bit where I can go in the kitchen and make my, make, make my food and stuff like that, but still limping around and, uh, it's getting better. So that would be the only thing I, you know, being the first three years in NHL and, and being, uh, not being with the maybe a contender, uh, and, and having a chance to, uh, you know, uh, win a Stanley cup. I think that's where every hockey player dreams about yeah. the award, how what you've done personally. It's winning that. I think you know that. I think it's winning that. Uh, but so now you're you're relieved. You you've done. You've worked so hard as a child. You've got to a dream, and 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 I think that's where that's where it's all about is winning that Stanley Cup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me too, we got to the semifinals my first year. So you just assume that that's going to be the way it is all the time, right? And then I we get to the finals, semifinals one other time. And that was it. So yeah, it was interesting too. I, as you know, you're not supposed to touch the Stanley Cup unless you won it as a player. So, right. Uh, Finally, yeah, one of my clients when I got in the agent business, Warren Reiko, won it with uh, Colorado, so I got to give a picture taken with us. Yeah, I had, uh, I had, I you had the same thing. Uh, you remember Mike? You Mike, Mike Fuda. Yeah, yeah, Mike Fuda, right? Mike, a great guy from 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 Toronto too, and he won in L.A. Right, so yeah. a huge party here and everything all over, and he, and he goes, "Why don't you touch it?" I go, "Bad luck, you know that." Yeah, and so sure. he won it again, and then he brought it back. Uh, next, and then of course, uh, no, I'm touching it. Yeah, thanks. Once you get a chance, yeah, yeah I, that's it. I, that's it. I don't care. I'm yeah. gonna touch it. I did. Took pictures. Oh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, 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 it is cool to touch it. Yeah, well, listen, uh, great to meet you finally. We played against each other a long time. I, I, I really oh, beat boss very seriously. I really respected you when I played against you. You were that kind of guy. It's like, oh, god, I've got to play against him tonight. So, you had a great career. I, yeah, I respect you because I had a tough time getting by you. <laughs> Dennis, can you tell us about your book again and where we can find it? Uh, yeah, Amazon. Amazon.ca or Amazon and the unforgettable story of hockey's forgotten 60 goal man. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you very much for being on the show. It was great to meet you. Thanks, Dennis. Okay. See you. Bye-bye. That was cool, Tom. We got a hockey's forgotten 60 goal scorer. Yeah. Yeah. Think think about it. That's not, I mean, you said he was real tough to play with, but that's incredible. And how many guys have scored 60? A yeah. handful? And I, I, yeah, you're right. And I never would have thought that he'd scored the 60 goals. Again, as we discussed in the, on the show, it wasn't that I didn't think he was a good player, but he was such a physical player, too, to score 60 goals. So good guy. Yeah, I, I've never met, never met him before, too. So that was nice to talk to Great mustache, great nickname, played for those teams and all folded. Yeah. Pretty yeah. cool story. Yeah. We forgot to ask him what they did with the toe, though. Did they save the toe when he cut it off? Well, we'll have to get him on for a part two. There you go. All right, grasshoppers, thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time.